podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back, boys and girls, to Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, the ghost of Scotty Past. Woo! And right across from me is the one and the only Phantom of Tammy. Whoa! Scary. You're going to be the ghost of Scotty Past when I get my hands around your neck. That's because I was talking <laughs> just not talking about masturbating to your mom and cat. I know, it's disgusting. So, there's a reason why we're doing this. We want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. And as promised, since we did take a, I, we took a week off. We did take a week off. We're giving you guys not one, but two free special episodes for Halloween. We're not putting it on Patreon, anything nope. like that. This it's free is, for the taking. Yep. So, this is a freebie for you guys. And we're going to do something a little bit different. So, everybody and their mother has written books and featured Ed Gein. Everybody. Every freaking buddy and a lot of podcasters and people who've written books have gotten it wrong in our opinion. In our opinion, yes. Okay, and if you're one of those podcasters that's listening to us right now and you go, I got it right, man. Listen yeah. to what we have to say. Well, you might think listen to what Tammy has to say because yeah. at first she approached me with this and I'm like, dude, he was a, he was a serial killer. That's what the fuck he was. And she goes, uh, I say nay, nay, too fray. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. She, so her and I were talking about it. It's one of the very few cases that we actually discussed uh, by kind of in and depth. large. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm going to let Tammy tell you guys what's going on. Take it away, Tam yeah. Cam. Okay. Anyways, you know, just to go off a little bit of what Scott said, uh, we are featuring a guy today. Um, he has been the inspiration for numerous Hollywood films, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, and the most famous Alfred Hitchcock classic of them all, Psycho. I was going to say Psycho. Psycho. No, Norman mother. Bates. Don't make me kill her. I no. know, right? So anyways, um, in everything that I have been able to read and watch and listen to in regards to Ed Gein, everybody I have seen says he's a serial killer. I am here to say, no, he was not. Um, it kind of, I mean, it kind of shocked you when I approached you with this. You're like, no, he was. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we got into kind of a heated discussion because yeah, we really we don't argue. And I'm no. sitting there going, no, you're, you're misreading something because this dude yeah. was nuttier than a fruitcake and he was a serial killer. But then you laid some, you laid, you laid the smack down I, on me. I laid it out for you. Okay, so I'm just going to, you know, go over his life as we know it so far. Um, he was born in 1906, August 27, 1906. Uh, he was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin. His father, George, was a raging alcoholic with no backbone. You ever notice that happens a lot with our killers? <laughs> yeah. It always goes like this. Yeah. Mom was a stay-at-home mom and took care of her kids, and dad was an alcoholic. Like, he yeah. drank like a fish almost every fucking time. Yeah. Well, he was a raging alcoholic with no backbone. And his mother, August, Augusta, was a domineering religious fanatic who well, ruled like the roost. I know, right? I'd, see, I love it when I pick up on these tidbits because you never give me the names or anything. So at least I got something to comment on this time. Think about it. It's like when you think of a name like Beulah or Bertha. You don't think like, hi, my name's Bertha and I weigh 95 pounds. No, you think, my name's Bertha. I chew tobacco <laughs> and I'm a welder. Um, hold on, I got to scratch my crotch. Oh, you got to smell this. Ooh, I've been sweating Ew, all day. fucker. That's what I think. 
And no different for Augusta, man. I yeah. think this is a big burly chick. She walks in. She, they don't need a bouncer at the bar. She looks at him. Doesn't even have to bounce. Him. You, you, you. Fuck out. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we're gone. Yeah, right? Don't be whooping up on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Ed had a older brother named Henry. And they grew up on a farm in rural Wisconsin in La Crosse. They were constantly hearing their mother rant about how lust and carnal activities were a ticket straight to hell. To you hell know about this. That's <laughs> right. It will send you straight to hell, brothers and yeah. sisters. Grab your Bibles and turn to First Corinthians. That's right. She even made them both promise her that they would never date a woman, have sex, or get married. Ever. That is fucked up in and of itself. Yeah. Well, in 1915, Augusta was disgusted with her neighbors in La Crosse and their sinning ways. So in an effort to save their souls, she moved the whole family to another farm. This one outside of Plainfield, Wisconsin. Once they moved there, Ed wasn't really, he never really left, nor was it believed that he was allowed to leave the property unless he was going to school. And actually, I'm actually surprised she didn't find a way to homeschool her children. But then again, it was the early 20th century. Yeah, they didn't have computers then, remember? Exactly. You remember. I I remember. <laughs> Shut up, ass. His Ed's father George died April first of nineteen forty from heart failure, and it's believed that his illness was exacerbated by his alcoholism. Probably a bad, a, 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 yeah, exacerbated by fucking Augusta. Probably going in there, whooping up on his ass yeah. all day, sitting there knocking the shit yeah, out of him. Yeah, exactly. He probably died. And he's like, thank fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere that while he she was lecturing the boys in the kitchen about the evils of sex, he was just, you know, in a drunken stupor in the living room on the couch. Which makes sense. I can I, I tell you exactly why he was drinking so damn much. Because he was married to Augusta? Married to Augusta. He ain't getting no pussy. Because why? Because it's a sin. But we're married, Augusta. It doesn't matter. It's a sin. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, fuck this. I got a drink or something. It's either yeah. drink or I'm going to murder everybody in the yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. So once George was gone, Ed and Henry had to start working in order to help support the family. They did odd jobs around town and worked the farm to keep it afloat. So in 1944... Wait a minute, it was a floating farm? Shut up. Ed and Henry were burning brush around the property. This is a task they had been doing for years, so they knew, what, they knew how to do it. Every time, however, this time the fire got out of control and Ed lost Henry in this heavy smoke. Um, he ran to get help, and they were able to get the fire under control, and the group, including Ed, searched for Henry, and they were unable to find him. Um, more people came out to help search for Henry, and Ed took them to search another area, and that's where they found Henry dead. Now, at the time, his death was ruled an accident as a result of the fire. However, since his arrest and the circumstances around his death have been questioned, some have indicated that Ed was responsible somehow since it seemed that he led them straight to the body. But I don't think he did because they looked in another area first and then he took them to a separate area. I think he's like, why would we go hunt over here when we've already been there? Let's go over here. You know, it, it kind of makes sense. And let me tell you why people are probably saying that. OK, because when it comes to any of our killers or right. anything like that, there, there's things that people focus on, which is every bad thing. So, for example, I brought this up before. If one if our killers are homosexual. Right. They say, and he was a gay man who dated men. Yeah. It's like, okay, the, being gay doesn't make you a serial killer. Or they'll say something like, um, he watched pornography. Right. Well, that doesn't make you a serial killer. True. It, it's always something like that. Or he lived with his mother. It, that makes you a loser. <laughs> doesn't make you a serial killer. Right. 
Okay. Right. So, and that's all this is. I think this. Well, we're speculating that Ed had something to do with us killing his brother. Why would he? He. Let's use common sense, boys and girls. Yeah. Because it's just this is just rambling out of my own pie hole. Um, you're not allowed to leave the farm except to go to school, right? Right. So that means he's got two two friends in the world: a domineering mother. And, and his, his brother. brother. Yes, that's it. That's all this kid has. Why the fuck would you kill your brother? Right. When that's your only damn playmate. Plus, your workload doubles. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it makes no. It, it's not logical. Yes. Not like what Ed Gein did was logical, but at this stage here, not logical. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and as Ed grew up, he was so devoted to his mother. It bordered on obsession. He never wanted to leave the farm. And when um, Henry died, um, Augusta suffered a stroke that left her paralyzed on one side. When that happened, Ed devoted his entire life to taking care of her and Wait her needs. Wait a minute, she was just half domineering then, right? She, pretty much, no. <laughs> she still had her mouth. He ah, loved her it. so much, he didn't trust anyone else to take good care of her. Okay. After he was arrested, he talked about an incident that occurred in 1945. According to him, he and his mother had gone to the home of a Mr. Smith. He lived near the Gein family, and it's where they purchased the straw they used on the farm. Okay. Okay. When they arrived, they witnessed a disturbing event. As they walked up to the house, they saw Mr. Smith beating on a dog. While he was doing that, a woman came running out of the house, yelling at him to stop. Mr. Smith didn't stop and wound up beating the dog to death. Holy shit. Yeah, the whole scene upset Augusta so much. However, probably not for the reason you think. She didn't care that Mr. Smith had beaten the dog to death in front of her and her son. No, she was extremely upset over the woman's presence in Mr. Smith's house. She told Ed that Mr. Smith wasn't married to the woman, and thus the woman shouldn't have been there in the first place. Augusta referred to her as Smith's harlot. Okay. Okay. This is making a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. Now... The absolute stupidity of that, yeah, of Augusta thinking that because that it could have been his niece for all that we know. Yeah, it could have just been a family friend. Yeah, she I just mean, assumed that this woman came running out of the house was, yeah. Fucking, I have clients that come here that are fucking female, and it doesn't mean I'm sleeping with them. They're clients. It's you know, they're not harlots by any means. Yeah, praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So not long after that incident. Augusta suffered a second stroke. After that, her health declined rather rapidly. Because of two strokes. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I feel you. Shut up. Sometimes two strokes will do me. Shut up. I hate you. She died on December 29, 1945. She was only 67 years old. Ed was 39 years old and completely devastated. <laughs> she was his only friend, not to mention the only woman he had probably ever loved in his entire life. When she was gone, he felt truly alone and uh, alone and lost in this big, vast world. Okay, you want to know why that is? I'm going to explain it to our listeners. I know that you know why. It's be- I brought this up before, boys and girls. It's called behavioral conditioning. Mm-hmm. So she has set the stage since birth that the only one that he can rely on it's is her. her. That's yes. it. That's all of it. And so he's hopelessly devoted to her, does everything, trying to be the best boy that he can be. And uh, now she's gone, anybody would be lost. Anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Um, When when she died, he received the entire farm. Okay? Even though he lived in the big house alone, he wanted to preserve his mother's memory. 
For that reason, he sealed off the room she used most. He boarded up the entire upstairs, the parlor downstairs, and the living room. He, he never so much as touched those rooms again. When he was arrested, they looked so pristine, almost as she, if she were still in them herself. Holy shit. Yeah. He chose to live in just a small room off the kitchen. The rest of the house became his trash dump. When the authorities searched it later, they described it as a house of squalor. It seems he had stopped throwing away garbage, deciding just to leave it lying around the house in piles instead. And I, when I heard that, I pictured an episode of Hoarders. So and I, I've actually given this speech to you, but I've given it um, when I've taught classes before. Right. Um, uh, about behavioral conditioning when I was in anger management. So here's the deal, boys and girls. Let's say that I lock uh, Tammy here in a room, which she should be. But and she's been locked in there all of her life since birth. And every day I come in and I tell her, okay, it's time to eat. Right. And it's time to sleep. And it's time to read. And it's time to use the bathroom. And I'm, I tell you, hey, you need to pick up your trash. It's time to pick up your trash and dispose of your trash. It's time to change your clothes. It's, you know, and, and I dictate everything in her life being domineering like Augusta. Right. If one day I walk in, throw her the keys and go, you know what? Figure this shit out on your own. It's impossible for her to do that. It would be impossible for anybody to do that because the behavioral conditioning that I've set her up for dictates that I need to be the one or somebody needs to be the one to come in and tell her every last detail of what she needs to do every day. Right. Because her brain relies on that. It's, 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 well, we it's saw that in Poughkeepsie tapes. Remember? When um, they were asking oh, her yeah. about, I mean, when they were questioning her about her abduction and she goes, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you want me to say? You know what I mean? Right. It's, I brought that yeah. up when we were watching that, uh, yeah. that, that movie, the, the Poughkeepsie tape. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's behavioral conditioning. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So that's what Ed's at right now. He's, he's been conditioned to where his mother's going to tell him what to do. And when to do it. And when to do it 24-7. And now... That cue is gone. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, boys and girls, we all run off of cues. We yeah. We really do. Your boss tells you when you have to go to work. My clients tell me when I have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and when you're done. Uh, in music itself, I know when to play guitar based on cues. Right. There's, there's specific things that happen in songs. Everything runs off of cues. And now all of his cues... Is it's in the ground? Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. So who the fuck is going to take his, her place? Precisely, precisely. You know, and despite the house becoming somewhat dilapidated, Ed held on to the property. He managed to hold on to the property. Um, he had considered himself a handyman, so he worked odd jobs around town to earn money. And in 1951, he actually started to receive a government aid in the form of a farm subsidy. And it was around this time, also in 1951 that he started taking odd jobs working for the municipal road crew and a large crop threshing crew from around the area. Okay. Yeah. So he was able to supplement his income somewhat. And he got to leave the farm. Yeah. And in 1956, he actually sold an 80 acre parcel of land that had been willed to Henry after their father died. Oh, so he was able to sell that portion of the land and get money from that as well. Good. Good. Yeah. So after Ed's mother died, he didn't know what to do with himself. In his free time, he began reading pulp magazines, which were popular around his era. His interest focused on the adventure stories that were printed in the magazines, specifically uh, the atrocities committed by the Nazi party. And he also liked to read about the subject of cannibalism. 
we've been on those two kicks a lot lately. I know, I know. This is all tying in right now. It is. While I do forget a lot of things because, you know, of my excessive drug use over the years, which I want to remind everybody, been clean for a long fucking time. But I forget a lot of shit. And but here that 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 was one of my triggers right there. So we, we've been fo- we've been focusing a lot on Nazis, people who followed like Red Mein Kempf and right. and followed the Nazi uh, you know uh, teachings and cannibals. Right. Well, there's you know. way more Nazis and cannibals out there than I could have ever friggin' imagined. You just don't even know. So in the years following. Augustus' death prior to his arrest, a few of the local residents vanished under mysterious circumstances. Several, actually. Hey, that happens in rural areas. It does. It does. I hear, I hear tell that there's certain places that, you know, like people like child molesters <laughs> disappear. Yeah, I've heard that story, too. Isn't that hmm. odd? Huh. Anyway, yeah. some bitch. Good. Keep on Okay. Going. Sometime during the morning hours on November 16th, 1957, Bernice Warden disappeared. She owned the hardware store in Plainfield. The store wasn't very busy that day, but area residents figured that's because it was deer season. Therefore, many of the regular customers were probably out hunting. Around 5 p.m. that night, Bernice's son, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, walked into the store. When he arrived, he saw that the cash register drawer was open and the floor had bloodstains on it. A nearby resident reported seeing the store's company truck driving out from behind the building around 9.30 a.m., and they don't remember seeing anything significant the rest of the day. When Frank reported his mother missing, he told the investigators what he knew. He said the night before, Ed had been in the store to pick up a few things and was supposed to return the following morning. He needed to buy a gallon of antifreeze. The last slip in the receipt book from that morning was written for one gallon of antifreeze only. The authorities wanted to bring Ed in for questioning, so they issued a warrant for his arrest. He was picked up a little later at a West Plainfield grocery store. And once he was in custody, the sheriff's department went and searched the farm. Okay? Well, the poor man's grocery shopping. He just wanted some damn pork chops. I know, right? So when the sheriff's department arrived at the Gain Farm... To start searching, they went inside a small shed located on the property. As soon as they walked through the door, they stopped dead in their tracks. Hanging upside down from the ceiling was Bernice's decapitated corpse. She was hanging by her legs, and there was a crossbar between her ankles. And he had secured the crossbar using a rope, and he had also bound her wrist using the same rope. Bernice had died as a result of a twenty-two caliber gunshot that had Ed had fired from a rifle. After she was dead, he removed her head and strung her up and dressed her out like a deer. Uh, if oh they dear. thought this was a disturbing sight, they would they would soon wish that was the only thing they saw that day. After searching the house, the team discovered whole human bones and bone fragments, one wastebasket made of human skin, several chair seats covered in human skin, skulls mounted on his bedposts, a collection of female skulls, some had the top sewn off, of, sawn off. Eating bowls made using human skulls. It's just, it's like your house. <laughs> I would pay big money to have some of Ed Gein's furniture. I know. A corset that is made, made using the skin of a female torso that was cut from shoulders to waist. A pair of leggings that were made using human skin. Some face masks made from the skin of female head, faces. Uh, Mary Hogan's face in the form of a mask inside a paper bag. Mary Hogan's skull stored in a box. Bernice Warden's whole head stuffed into a burlap sack. 
Bernice Warden's head, heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's potbelly stove. Nine sets of vaginal lips stored in a shoebox. Well, where else you honestly? Where are you gonna where are you gonna store vaginas? I know. I mean, a dress belonging to a young girl. Two sets of vaginal lips of females that were judged to have been between 50, around fifteen years old. One belt made from the nipples of female humans. You should do it with a belt, right? Four noses. You're disgusting. Four noses. A window shade drossing with a pair of human lips at the end. One lampshade made from skin of a human face and fingernails belonging to female fingers. Okay. Um, all of the items were found, were sent to the state crime lab to be photographed. Reports indicate after the artifacts were pro- properly photographed, they were d- re- decently disposed of. However, I know for a fact that some of those items have come up for sale on recent occasions, so they couldn't have disposed, destroyed them. You have no idea what I would pay for some of that. Yeah. One of their items is actually at that Haunted Museum in Vegas I want to go to. What if it's... I'm going to keep that under wraps. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> After the search was complete and the items were cataloged, the detectives went to question Ed about what they had found. He said that between the years of 1947 and 1952, he had gone to three of the local graveyards on roughly 40 different occasions. These trips were taken at night so that he could dig up bodies that had, be, had recently been buried. He claimed that he was in a daze-like state during each of these trips, and he stated that approximately 30 times he snapped out of this daze while he was still there, and on those occasions, he just went home and left everything alone. On the other occasions, um, he would dig up recently buried graves belonging to middle-aged women um, that he thought might resemble his mother, and once he had the graves dug up, he would take the bodies home, dismember them, remove the skin from the corpse, tan it, and then use the skin to make the items in his collection. Yeah. So. You act like something's wrong with that. No. Of course not. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Ed admitted that he had stolen bodies from nine graves located in three cemeteries, and he led the investigators to each of the locations. Um, The detectives opened up three of the graves that he identified. Inside the graves, they found the caskets of the... of the deceased inside wooden boxes. Uh, the top of each wooden box was approximately two feet below the surface of the soil. Um, one grave had just was empty. One grave had just the crowbar in it and the other grave, uh, parts of the body was missing, but he left the majority of it there, but he left a perfectly good crowbar behind. Yeah. God, Ed, I'm disappointed. Don't waste a good crowbar. Check this out. At each of the graves he had dug up, he had returned the deceased valuable items along with the unused body parts. See? See, boys and girls, there's something good here. Yeah. That is some ethics right there. Yeah. Because he wasn't after the money. He wasn't after no. nothing like that. He well, was just after the parts. And Yeah. It sounds sick, but they were dead. What well, are they going to do? Yeah. It? Apparently, not long after she died, Ed started to make a woman suit. He said he did that so that he could become his mother, to literally crawl into her skin. Although it's widely believed that Ed had sex with the corpses after he dug them up, he has always denied this claim. He has reportedly said that he never did that because they smelled too bad. That that makes sense. Okay. Okay, so at his trial, he was arraigned on November 21st, 1957, and was charged with one count of first-degree murder. He entered a plea of not guilty by reason of sanity. Doctors determined he had schizophrenia, thus he was mentally in schizophrenia. Thus, he was legally, mentally incompetent and unable to participate in his own defense. The state chose to house him at the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. And um, after being there for 11 years, the doctors deemed him 
mentally able to confer with counsel and participate in his defense. As a result, his trial began on November 7th of 1968. Um, and they the defense requested it be held without the presence of a jury. Um, and on this, they, uh, during the trial, a psychiatrist took the stand to give his testimony. The doctor testified to things Ed had told him. He told him, Ed told him that he must have been the one to kill Bernice, but he didn't know how he did it. Um, he didn't know if he had done it intentionally or accidentally. Ed stated that he was looking at the gun in Bernice's store. The next thing he knew, the gun went off and Bernice was dead. Ed said that once he tried loading the rifle with a bullet, it just discharged. Ed also claims that he did not aim the gun at Bernice. Ed also told the doctor he had no memories from no other memories from the events of that morning. Judge Golmer was presiding over the trial. He found Ed guilty. Then they set a date for to determine his sanity. And after hearing more testimony, he decided that um, Ed was not guilty by reason of sanity and again sent him to Central State Hospital. Um, and he wrote as part of Ed's Sentencing notes, due to prohibitive costs, Gunn was tried for only one murder, that of Mrs. Warden. He also admitted to killing Mary Hogan, okay, which is one of the residents that went missing. But those are the only two murders he's ever admitted to doing, okay, right. even though other people have been missing. Right. Okay, now, there are, I've heard many theories about why Ed committed his crimes. Um, some of them could be quite plausible. One was he was so traumatized by what, the way his mother treated him that every time he killed, he was killing her. Pa plausible. Plausible. Um, number two, he was socially inadequate and didn't have the ability to relate to a living woman. Plausible. Very possible, yeah. Uh, he, and number three, he tried to preserve his mother and thus killed women who resembled her to keep her fresh. Plausible. Yeah. However, here's what I think. Ready? Shoot at me. I'm ready. Ed Gein was not a serial killer. Even though he only admitted to and was definitively linked to two murders, many people believe that he killed others and had plans to kill more. I say this is not true. I think that he killed the two women he had. He said he killed. However, I do not believe he was a serial killer. I don't believe he killed more than that. And I don't think he had the potential to be a serial killer. No, he was a grave robber is what he was. Yeah. I think... Well, I get into that in a minute. But I said, I don't think that Ed killed the women because of his hatred for his mother and they resembled his mother. Though e through everything I have read and seen regarding this case points away from that theory. Despite her fanatically religious beliefs and the way she controlled and humiliated her children, he loved her. She was his world. And as one author said, the only true love of his life. He wouldn't have had the desire to kill her over and over again. He wouldn't have. I you thought know. you had more. I was going to jump in, but go. No. I, I do have a little bit, but did you have something to say there? I do. I relate him more to having an Oedipus complex. Mm -hmm. Okay, boys and girls, if you don't know what an Oedipus complex is, here's an Oedipus complex in a nutshell. Basically, you want to have sex with your mom. Read the story of Oedipus. Or your dad, if you're a female. That's not Oedipus complex. Oh, well. That's uh, uh, daddy issues. That's how people become <laughs> I heard it. I heard it was described either way. It could go against you wanting to have sex. The story of Oedipus yeah. is him this wanting is to marry his mom. True. And have sex with his mom. Um, and, and I think that's what it was, is that that was the only woman that he knew how to relate to. Right. Plus... <clears throat> 
Now, a lot of you are out there thinking, oh, but it was abuse. He should hate her for abuse. He didn't Dude, know he was being abused. There are people who pay dominatrixes <laughs> to More than beat that. them. Okay? Some people enjoy the abuse. And he might not have known he was being abused. She just loved him. Right, because it's behavioral conditioning. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. It's behavioral conditioning. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing is this really, to me, sounds like an Oedipus complex. Yeah. And the behavioral conditioning on top of that. And uh, you, you top that all off with schizophrenia, which he probably has had all his whole entire life. Yeah. And the death of his mom just exacerbated it. And just boom. Right. That, you know, and this is before the time that we had treatments like lithium and yeah, um, and other medications that that treat schizophrenia. Um, so that's that's my thought on it. Yeah, well, and then, and then you know, if you go into the theory that says he killed women because they resembled his mother, and in an effort to keep her, she had to be fresh. Therefore, the new victims would have you know, been fresh victims, you know, keeping her fresh. However, I don't buy this theory either because he never had possession of his mother's corpse. Never. Yeah. Okay. That whole theory makes no fucking sense. So I believe at best Ed was a serial grave robber. He dug up the corpses of deceased women because he was trying to make an outfit out of women so that he could wear it and be his mother. Um, some people say he was eating the flesh, but I don't buy that theory either. He may have eaten the heart out of his victims, out of the, his two murder victims, but I do not believe he did that out of a cannibalistic need, but more of a hunting ritual. Could be. You know. It could be. I also don't believe he because was... If he was cannibal, yeah. then he would have eaten a lot more people. We yeah. see that time and time again, whenever people have these cannibalistic... Uh, I'm going to call them episodes. Like when I was talking about um, Martinez and Hernandez, that was the couple from Mexico. From, oh, yeah. From Epicac or. E- yeah. Ecatapec or something like that. Ecatapec? Yeah, something yeah, like that. That was it. Ecatapec. Um, they didn't just eat a person or two people. No. They found buckets of body parts. Yeah. Buckets. Yeah. And buckets of body parts. They kind of ate people. Kind of a lot. Kind of a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't see that with yeah. any cannibalistic thing where it's a, hey, I'm just going to eat two people or two people's hearts or whatever. It's something that happens repeatedly, you know? Yeah. Because with killing, as we've explained before and as we've seen, there's a ritual to killing. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know? And totally. And it, it can vary as it as it as it expands and as the killer gets more experience, but you're not going to go from grave robbing and then, you know, being schizophrenic, he gets the pass on killing the two women. I don't agree with it, but you know, yeah. Um, Cause I do believe that he was in a haze, but you're not going to go from grave robbing and then skinning these women and eating them. And to all of a sudden I'm a cannibal. Yeah. No, that just, it, it makes those, it's too big of a jump. Right. And the people who think that he did have sex with the corpse despite his denials, I don't agree with. And this is why. Um, I don't, I, the reason I don't believe he was having sex with them is simple. He loved his mother and would have done anything to please her. Therefore, he never would have broken his promises to her. She made him and his brother Henry promise they would never date, have sex with, or marry a woman. Whether the woman was alive or dead, I do not believe he would have had sex with her. Right, because that goes into what I've been saying. Right. The behavioral conditioning. 
Yeah. He is conditioned, boys and girls, or was conditioned because he's dead now. Um, he's dead, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. He, he was he was conditioned not to pursue a mate, not to have sex with, nothing like that, because it would piss off God. Yeah. And it would piss off his mom. Now, I don't really have an explanation for the other trinkets and artifacts that Ed made out of human flesh and body parts. This is just weird on all levels and something I don't even have a theory about. Other than maybe he was being thrifty. Wait, hear me out. Hear me out. If Ed had been taught to hunt like 99.9% of Midwest boys are, he he wouldn't waste any part of the animal carcass. Therefore, when he dug up the bodies and took the corpse back home after he removed the items he needed for the suit, he would find another use for the rest of it as opposed to just disposing of it. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So as for the reason he killed the women, to me, the answer is so blatantly obvious. The two women is so blatantly obvious. He practically gave us the answer himself. His mother held such a strict religious beliefs. She did not think highly of women. As a matter of fact, according to her, almost all women were evil. And she they preached are. purity and abstinence to her children. She told them that a truly virtuous woman acted a certain way, dressed a certain way, and talked a certain way. If he associated his mother's death with the incident that happened shortly before her final stroke, the incident where Mr. Smith beat the dog to death and the woman came running out of the house yelling at him, considering how his mother made it clear about what she thought about Mr. Smith's harlot, if he at all considered that incident responsible for his mother's second stroke and thus her death, he would have to find a way to make sure others never saw anything like that again. Right, that, that makes sense. Okay, therefore, okay. I believe he killed the two women in an effort to keep the town free of dirty women. The first victim, Mary Hogan, owned and operated a tavern in town. It was an establishment that Ed would go, often go to in order to eat and drink. So if while he was there, if he saw or heard her act in a way that his mother would consider unpure, then he may have felt it was his duty to get rid of her. He knew his mother wouldn't want him to associate with that type of woman. If he blamed Mrs. Smith's harlot um, for his mother's death, then he would have a need to free his world of harlots. That actually makes sense. Holy shit. Okay. As for the second victim, I know she was just a hardware store owner and others in town loved her. However, when he came into the store to get his antifreeze, she may have said or done something that triggered Ed's needs to either please or protect his mother. It could have been something as as small as her asking him out on a date. Could have been. Or, you know, what have you been up to lately? Can I come over to your house and visit? Yeah. You know, that's... Could have been anything. That's the variable that I would be interested to, to know. Yeah. She could have done any number of things to trigger his response, especially since he claimed he didn't remember everything about what happened. How he remembered trying to put the bullet in the chamber, and the next thing he knew, the gun fired and she was on the floor dead. How he was in a dazed state at the time. You know, it... If she did or said anything that triggered him, that's what would happen to him. He would be in a daze because he would be in a sort of autopilot when it came to his actions after that. So there you have it. In my unprofessional opinion, Ed Gain wasn't a serial killer, only a grave robber who loved his mother so deeply that he wanted to be her. So he was making an outfit out of human women's flesh in order to resemble a woman. And he loved his mother so fiercely that he would do anything he could he anything 
he would do anything that he thought she would want him to do, including getting rid of those in this in his world that she would disapprove of that he felt were responsible for her death. It kind of actually, yeah, that all makes perfect fucking sense to me. <laughs> I know, like I said, I'm not a professional. It's I've got no counterpoint to that. That's that's the fucked just up thing. that was I was just it dawned on me like one day I was I think I was watching a docu series. And it came across, and I'm like, I'm f- listening to it, and they're saying, oh, you know, one of the most prolific serial killers, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening to it, going, but he didn't kill those people. He just said that he robbed their graves. You proved that he robbed their graves. Well, it makes good press. Yeah. It makes good press to call him a serial killer, yeah. even though he's mostly a grave robber. That's all he was. Yeah. And, you know, I don't believe, I don't, I, I do not buy the fact that, the um that people have laid, labeled him a necrophile i don't believe that's true no i don't i don't um, buy that one no because it, it doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't fit it, with the yeah it doesn't make conditioning it, no and i'm a logical person and what they were saying wasn't making logical sense to me yeah it it, it makes no sense okay if he hated his mother yeah that would make sense. Exactly. Because if she's spouting the same bullshit, like, don't ever have sex right, with exactly. women. It'd be like, you're dead, bitch. Guess what? In your bed, I'm boning. Yeah. You know, whether they're dead or alive. Boned. Dead or alive. Yeah. But nothing, I mean, that he had never, ever, ever expressed any dislike or distrust towards his mother, ever in his life. Yeah, and that's why it makes no sense that he Mm-mm. would be having sex at all. Exactly. You know, uh, whether the body is alive or dead. Or dead. Yeah. None. So, yeah, I don't, I don't buy the, necro, the necrophiliac angle of it. I don't buy the he consumed. I don't either. Because I think all that speculation because it makes good press. Because yeah. what you don't see when you're doing any research on Ed Gein is we found teeth marks. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, uh, in, in flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, we found bite wounds or anything like that. You don't, all it is people go, and we think he ate the body. You See, know? And, and I or, only speculated that he probably ate the hearts because <laughs> they mentioned that she was strung up like a deer, you know, dressed out like a deer and everything. And that's what deer hunters do. They eat the heart of their kill. Well, yeah, usually uh, put into a stew. Yeah. It's but really good in a stew, actually. Deer I've heart. never had it. Oh, my, for, my, Ex-wife number two's father-in-law got a couple of antelope hearts, and I Ooh. wasn't on that heart with. Uh, I was on that hunt with him, and uh, he made this stew out of it. And I was like, um, "I'm not too sure about that, dude." It was on point. Was it delicious? Oh my god, it was incredible! I wanted to go out and kill all the antelopes because <laughs> it was dumb. that damn good. Yeah. So, so that's my theory. Um, like I said, nobody has to believe me. It's just. You know, I yes, just have a do. different outlook you on Ed Gein. Now. I know I only have a outlook, different outlook on Ed Gein now. We do, we do. All right, and I've got nothing to add to our special episode. Nothing, nothing, because there's food waiting. I'm fat. I know you're hungry. Got to feed the fat fucker. Yeah, stay tuned for our next episode. It's really awesome. Too. Yeah, remember tomorrow you're going to get another Halloween special. Ooh, scary. You're giving me a scary look. <laughs> You're weird. No. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. But it's okay. 
And with Halloween coming up, somebody's getting a special costume. I told you you didn't have to buy me anything for no, Halloween. No, your mom, that Catwoman outfit. <laughs> disgusting. Fucker. It haunts my dreams. It haunts my dreams, and not in a good way. I was smacking my ass the other day Stop thinking it. about it. We are, no, you're done. <laughs> All right, this has been the special episode of Brutal Nation. Remember to check out the website at www.brutalnation.com. You can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. You gave me that look. You thought I was going to fuck it up, but that's okay. I thought I was going to fuck it up, too. (laughs) Make sure you check out the website. Click on that Amazon link. It helps out the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Check us out on Hub Pages, Crime Beat, which is on Hub Pages, Vocal Media, and Hub Pages? Hug pages, vocal media. Yeah, hug pages. That's the one I was getting. And medium. Yeah, I said medium. No, you said hug pages twice. I did? Oh. Yeah. Oops. Well, it's because I was scared. It's scary time. (laughs) This show's copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.